Where has the pride in the Bulldogs jersey gone? How can we allow a team to score 108 points against us in a matter of six weeks? Where is this defensive coaching ability that Cameron Seraldo apparently, apparently brought with him from the Panthers? I, as a Bulldogs fan, am not only disappointed in the in the results, but I'm appalled at the lack of respect that the players are giving to the jersey. In years gone by, our forwards were the talk of the town. In our 2004 grand final forward pack was one of the best in NRL history. You can name so many superstar forwards. And right now, our forwards are barely making 100 metres a game. The Bulldogs have been in rebuild mode for almost seven years. Four coaches, 60 plus players, many boards have come and gone. And we still have not achieved anything. As a fan, I don't know what success feels like at the Bulldogs anymore. I don't know what it feels like to look forward to finals footy. And I'd like to welcome Dibbo, just to keep me honest, my co-host. He's not a Bulldog supporter, but he can tell me, he can let me know if I'm being harsh. Welcome, Dibbo. Am I being harsh towards the team? I just want to start off with, can we have a minute's silence for the Bulldogs' defence? Um, that's been long missing. Um, you know, rest in peace. I think it died three months ago, to be honest. Uh, you know, it's been dead for a while. But look, can I just point out something on the defence? And I know you brought up the 2004 Bulldog side. Uh, one game that comes to memory to me was 2006. Um, Canterbury, do yourselves a favour. I'm sure you'll find it on YouTube. Watch Canterbury 2006 versus St. George at Cogra Oval. Watch what the – and that forward packs the whole basis of the 2004 side, minus obviously Steve Price. Um, but – Watch how they brutalised a champion St George forward pack that included Test front rowers and, and Test back rowers in in Luke Bailey, Jason Riles, Ben Cray, Bo Scott, just to name a few. They absolutely brutalised the St George forward pack that day, and Canterbury did get the uh, win that day. But just watch what the Dogs of War um, could produce, or you know what should what they should be producing today. So, um. And to keep you honest, um, that was dreadful on the weekend. I think you guys finally um, fielded the full-strength side. I don't think maybe they should have fielded Luke Thompson. I know he's had a great opening set, but there was no communication between Luke Thompson and his inside man for those first few tries. Um, I know Tomo will improve uh, immensely, but, I mean, if you got your full-strength side, I mean, I honestly didn't expect Newcastle to uh, do it with ease like that. I expect that if they're going to score that much, it had to be a lot of flair. But there was just... No brutality, no communication. There's no talk. They're first There's graders. no pride in the jersey. They're, they're, you know, I know you're playing away from home, but it, I think it's your strongest lineup you fielded the whole year. Probably minus Raymond Fatala Mariner, was it? Yeah, he wasn't playing. But but even then, Raymond Fatala Mariner had a, you know, well, a not half, made much of a yeah, difference. He had a half early in the year where he, he made zero meters as a prop. Yeah. And and look, we were told, you know, we're told throughout the whole year the team is inexperienced, you know, we, we have injuries, you know. But when we finally get a full strength team, on the park, what happens? We get absolutely decimated. We've got no communication in defence. Our players are not backing up and playing for each other. They score some of the easiest tries I've ever seen. Just to put it into perspective, they scored 42 points against us. Jackson Hastings was injured in the 24th minute, right? Caleb Ponga, even though Jackson Hastings was injured in the 24th minute, only had one try assist. The most the most um, disappointing part was, um, and it's a basic of anyone's game, is communication. I mean, those first few tries they scored with such ease was, I mean, I think I just sat there in silence, just like, 
no community. I mean, is this how, for real? Is this real? Yeah, like, is it, that's a cardinal sin. You're a first grader. How, how? I mean, how can you not talk? But you know, regardless, um, I don't think. And just to you know, Tom, I don't think Tom needed to even really communicate with his inside man. He should have known to cover that gap. You know, obviously, talk happens. They both should be talking. But where's the inside man? That was just ridiculous. I mean. It's unacceptable. I think that there have to be repercussions from this. I don't know what they are. I'm not saying Zeraldo needs to go, but but as fans, we need to see that that there will be improvements. You know, Gus Gordon came out and said there's no timeline for improvements. I'm sorry. We're not going to sit here for another five years copping spoons and copping these ridiculous losses against teams that really aren't that much better than us on paper. There is no excuse for what happened. You know, as fans, it's not just me. It's all over social media. It's all over everywhere. The kennel.net.au. It's ridiculous. This is this is this is pathetic. I'm sorry. I've you know I've held back. You know, blowing my, my top over the performances of the Bulldogs. You know, we've given excuses for injuries. We've given excuses for inexperience. We've copped every single excuse to come our way. But I think enough is enough. And there's only three rounds left. So you would think there would be some pride in the jersey. You would think some of them are playing for their careers. But they've come out there and said, ah. Uh, Canterbury could have been the spoilers. They had probably, you know, they're playing literally every side that's in with a chance for the eight or thereabouts. And they've just come up and, and shit anything, themselves. They've just rolled over for Newcastle and said, here, he's four competition points. And he's, 40, yeah. He's plus 100 on your for and against. And they've skyrocketed in the seventh or sixth on the back of just playing. You know, I'm sure the uh, the other a lot of NRL, a few of those other NRL sides will probably be dirty at Canterbury there. Well, I mean, who cares what the other NRL sides? The fans are dirty. We're dirty. This is not like as a Canterbury fan, this is bullshit. I'm not going to put up. I, I I'm not going to accept it as a fan. <laughs> this is rubbish. Can I watch the next game with you? Please, because <laughs> I'm going to blow my top again. Because honestly, like in uh, you know after the first half, I I was thinking I was watching it with a fellow doggies fan. And I was just thinking. Why am I putting myself through this? This is this is pathetic. You would think, honestly, as under 10s, if they got thrashed by, by a team earlier in the year, even 10-year-olds would have the pride in their jersey to come back and say, we want to get one back on them. We want to come back and we don't want to lose this. We want to put our effort. There's none of that. Great they, example. Absolutely none of that. Like, it, you know... Am I being am I being harsh? As a Bulldogs fan, I don't think I'm being harsh. Let me know in the comments if you think I'm being harsh towards my team. Because you know what? This is unacceptable. The Tigers are looking better and showing more fight than the Bulldogs. Not downplaying the the the, the Tigers, uh, or no disrespect to the Tigers, but they're showing more fight than we are. We're supposed to be the ones that are recruiting. We've got Gus Gould, we've got Cameron Serraldo, we've got this, we've got that. But we are showing zero. Like what I if I was to grade our performance on the weekend, I would I would call that an E or a, a complete failure. I wouldn't even give it a grading. That was absolutely pathetic. That, our, our, I think our New South Wales Cup side would have done a better job. Bring back uh, Carla uh, uh, Drajab and Carlo Loapu and, and Paul Alamotti. Bring them back. Giraffe. If this is the crap we're going to get from first graders, bring back the New South Wales uh, Cup players because this is unacceptable. And also, you know, Cameron Serraldo should not escape criticism. Oh, of course not, no. And just before I get on criticizing Cameron Seraldo, if you're new to the podcast or if you if you have any opinions, be sure to like this video, subscribe to our channel, because you know we're going to be going through this week after week and absolutely criticizing the team as it should be criticized or praising them if they can pull their their act together and pull their fingers out. Be sure to like and subscribe. But like, it, it's just I I, I don't I, I can't as a Bulldogs fan really put my finger on how it has gone so horribly wrong. And I want, and I have to. Oh, there's come back no, to- there's no. Uh, you know, honestly, I think there's 
there's no chemistry at all with some of those forwards. It's you really need to change more personnel. I mean, but, but how many personnel are going to change? We've had sixty players turnover over the last uh, three years. And and let me tell you, yeah. I need to criticize Seraldo because what kind of first grade coach would say, "Hey, Thompson, you haven't played first grade in over three hundred and seventy days. Go start at lock." Where in general, locks are making 30, 40 uh, uh, tackles a game, making 100, 150 metres a game. Here, Thompson, go start. Why would, why would you not start him on the bench? Oh, agreed. And or put Harrison Edwards at lock, who has started that lock before, who has done an admirable job there. Just seems like he was off the pace completely. He needed another game of reserves. Man, uh, how, many, how many minutes has he played in reserves? 20? 20, 30 maybe? Yeah, he needed another game of reserves. He's off the pace. It just seemed like so I was just zipping past him. Uh, l- l- let me make this comment and you tell me if I'm being harsh. I feel like Cameron Seraldo is a beta product, right? Coming to the Bulldogs to learn his trade as opposed to a first grade coach that knows what he's doing. Very hard. I, I can't, I know it's harsh. I'll say why it's harsh is uh, there's a few factors here. Um, already, uh, okay, he's extensive injury toll. Everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. But then on top of that, um, they got a re- very, I mean, he doesn't have a, uh, before he even joined, they didn't even have a top eight roster. They had, what have they finished the last few years? Uh, okay, okay, but then they, they bought. They finished what, 11th last year? They bought, uh, they bought, hang on, they bought Reed Money for this year. Yeah. Right, they bought William Kikau. Granted, he was out for most of the year, yeah. right? He has had every opportunity, right? The, the mistakes he made with Hayes Perham and Paul Alamotti, he kept them there week after week after week, despite getting destroyed, despite them offering nothing. He kept them there week after week after week, right? His rotation on the bench has been poor all year, has been used... The, the, Tevita Pengai Jr. played gonna, 27 minutes. Look, I'm not going to deny... Look, there is areas you have highlighted. Yeah, of course. Of the right bench rotation, I'm sure they'll either own that or offer an explanation. Um, Hayes Perham, I just feel like he was probably more of a winger. He had long time to obviously put Avarilla at fullback. Um, Avarilla, mind you, was showing hot form in the centres, which is fair enough. Alamotti is a rookie. It's just a tough one. Like he just feels sorry nah. for the bloke because, I mean, go give any, go give, all right, go get, go get Ivan Cleary and put him in that squad. Go, come on. What's what's going to happen there? I guarantee you they don't perform as poorly and they'll show some pride for the jersey right. because there's no pride shown for that jersey. All right. I'm, sure they're I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to disagree with you there, but I still don't think they even make the eight. I don't think they even come 10th. I'm not asking them to make the eight. I'm not even asking them, okay? I'm not asking them to win any games. Right. I'm asking them to show pride. There was no pride shown. Of course. You right. get smashed by 66. You come back the next time you face them and you put 66 on them. 100%. They need, they need players that want to play for In the 2004, club. in the beginning of the year, the Dogs lost to the Roosters by a big margin. I don't recall yep. what it was. 40-4 to four or something like that. They didn't lose again to them that year. And they beat them in the grand final. Yeah, that's right. Right? There's pride shown. In years gone by, even when we had Dean Pay, there was pride shown. Last year with Mick Potter, there was pride shown. This year, it just seems like they're already, they're already for, for Mad Monday. Oh, it's unacceptable as, as a Bulldogs fan. And, and let me know, honestly, tell me, criticize me if I'm being harsh, but as a Bulldogs fan, like, I, I want to look, there is, there is, you make some valid points, but you know, there's also, I mean, there's a number of factors. I, you know, I feel inclined that I've got to just stick up for the players basically. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm with you. Okay. Let's, let's get into some of the statistics from the weekend and you tell me if they should be defended. Yeah. Oh, I'm, no, no. Obviously performance wise. No, 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 but there's, there's, there's obviously contributing factors to that, but yeah, go ahead. 45% possession. 
right? All right, 45% possession. Yep. Right? Their completion bad. rate was only 67%. Oh, you, this is the weekend. Sorry. This is against the Knights. No, this is sorry. against the Knights. Yeah, obviously, yeah, go on. F- 45%. Yeah, 45% and 67% completion. The you completion. do not win right. You do not win NRL games completing at 67%. And they got to defend their asses off, which they couldn't. They couldn't. We, we were literally, it was like just wet, wet paper. They were just running straight through us. Look, 67%, um, that's a write-off completely. So they're already turning over the ball and their defense isn't crash hot. So they're shooting themselves in the foot. The forty-five percent position. Well, again, that's with them handing out the, over the ball, and you and, know and the defense. Yeah, obviously, defense has gone missing. I can really, I can really hear people saying, "Oh, but we had two sin bins. We had this. We had that." I, okay, I'm with you. Oh, we did have sin bins. Yeah, but that's not an excuse. That's not an excuse because we Possession. were we were shot right before those sin bins had come. And let me remind you, that, the Titans played against the Warriors yeah. for almost fifty-five minutes with only twelve players, and they pushed the Warriors All right the to the end of the game. They've got a, it just feels like they've got a bunch of players there that correlate well together or the chemistry goes well together. They've got like Fafita, Fama Swali. Um, he wasn't playing that game. I'm just, I'm just giving you in general, basically. Um, Fafita, Fama Swali, Fata Waika. They've got a, they got a, he wasn't playing. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just giving you an example overall. They've got a squad that seems like. But I'm trying to address the excuses oh, that we course. always seem to have because we're, you know, oh, you know, oh, we've got injuries or we got inexperienced. They have just, they have a very inexperienced side. They have injuries as well. Yep. Right. Yet they're performing for each other and they're playing. Okay. They're defending. They're playing for each other. They're showing some grit and some determination and they've lost their coach mid season too. Yeah. But look, just on talent wise. Whether you agree or not, my, my from my opinion, Gold Coast has got a more talented side than Canterbury's. This is this year. I don't, year, I don't, that's I not, don't know. I, that's not an excuse, and I don't agree with that. I really don't agree with that because if you look at the, the, the team yeah. we named, yep. right? Bro, the 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 Jacob Kiraz, Braden Burns, Josh Adekar, they've been going great guns. All right, so has Jacob Avril at fullback. We have Toby Sexton, who has played plenty of first-grade games, and we've got Burden in the halves. Yep. Yeah. No excuses. Our forward pack: Max King, Reed Money, Tavita Pangai Jr., Viliami Kikau, Jacob Preston, Luke Thompson. Yep. You show that to any first grade team, and they'll tell you that's a formidable side. Maybe it's not going to get you to that eight, but at least against a team like the Knights, you should be able to put up good, uh, good oh, opposition. I don't disagree. I'm just saying overall. There are no years. more excuses. There are no more excuses. Like you have to be like I have. I have to be clear because. I've for honestly for twenty four episodes I've sat here and defended the Bulldogs, defended the coach, defended the plan, defended the process. But when you get smashed against the Knights, mate, we made we made Tyson Gamble look like Darren Lockyer. <laughs> Tyson Gamble was made to look like Darren Lockyer. Can I can I point it? Can I ask you something? Don't you hate his head? It doesn't matter about his head, <laughs> bro. We made him look like tight. We made him look like Darren Lockyer. This guy is not that. Like, no disrespect to him, he's playing really well. But we made him look he's like he was the best. Pl- he's a very able player, but Darren Lockyer, he ain't. No, Darren Lockyer, he ain't. But we made him look like he was Cameron Munster or Darren Lockyer or something. It was ridiculous. It was just unacceptable to see us like the way he was standing over money when he scored that try. Like, oh, look at me, I'm. But get out of my face! Against oh. a real team, you're gonna get you're gonna get walloped. <laughs> <laughs> but against the Bulldogs, we're rubbish. We've been rubbish. And, you know, Gus Gould comes out and he says, oh, this is the worst position we could be in. There are no timelines. I'm sorry. Are you running a business or not? Where are the KPIs? What are the, SLA, what are the SLAs like? That's unacceptable. You can't just say, hey, fans, stick around. You're going to be losing fans. You're going to be losing a lot of people that, you know, put their time, effort, money into the club. It's unacceptable. You know, another concerning statistic, right? And, and this has been a problem for the Bulldogs since day dot this year. Right, 
We had 40 less runs and 440 metres less than the Knights. There is no way our halves can do anything when our forwards aren't getting a roll on. And you know what? That's not even the worst part. It was seven line breaks to one. Seven line breaks. On. What are we supposed to do? Honestly, what is, what is anyone supposed to do? Like seven line breaks to one. It's pathetic. And then to make, to, you know, cr- the cream on top. You want to hear the cream on top? We missed 55 tackles. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> they missed 26. We missed 55 tackles. And this has been uh, a, a problem for the dogs the whole season. Heaps of missed tackles. We are, the, we are the team with the most missed tackles in the league. Jeez. We have 860 missed tackles, right, to the uh, to the number two who are the Cowboys only have 790 missed tackles. So we are missing tackles by a massive, massive lead compared to every other team. Are you not a, defen- a defensive coach, Cameron Seraldo? What, what, what is happening at training? Does there need to be a review of the systems, the processes? And, and, you know, like, I'm, I'm, I am going on a bit of a rant, but hear me out. Cameron Sorada comes out in the press conference after you get smashed by 42 to 6, and he says, now we know what it feels like to train like at an elite level. We train the best we've trained all year. What are you talking about? <laughs> what have you been doing for 24 weeks? If you only found the elite training now, what have you been doing for 23, 24 weeks before that? Uh, Tell me, am I being harsh? Am I being I unreasonable? Just, I'm just surprised you said that in a press conference. I was just like, wow, you wouldn't say that. Yeah, like, you know, Reed Money sits there like a stunned mullet, not really responding, and I don't blame him. But, but he should be accountable. Like, there, there has to be some accountability. Like, even his selection of, of, of Carl Flanagan on the bench, he's playing eight or nine minutes a game. Oh, that's pointless, yeah. Right. Well, well, give him more minutes or just don't... Or have a forward him. there, because if our forwards are struggling, then maybe have a fourth forward for rotation. Like, there are just so many little problems that I think a more experienced coach would not be be, be, be having, mm. right? I understand there were injuries. I understand that there were mitigating factors throughout the season. But the way that the, the team is is not showing any pride, any passion, any 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 right. respect yeah. for the team on the jersey, for me, as a, we are the Canterbury bloody Bankstown Bulldogs. We That's have been one of the most successful teams in the NRL for a very long time. The, tell them. What's being shown right now as a, as a team is unacceptable. Either have pride in the jersey or just tell the coach you don't want to play. Tell the coach you're not ready to show pride in the jersey. Bring someone up from, from New South Wales Cup that will fight and put and bleed for the jersey. Because what we're seeing is unacceptable. The Bulldogs breed. Honestly, it, you know, we are we are spoiled fans. We are used to success and we will not tolerate anything less. But but for us to sit there for another five years and go through the bullshit and have to hear excuses for another five years, I'm sorry, that's unacceptable. Yeah, you don't want to be going for a prolonged period without success because then if you go for, like, for example, another five years of no success, um, you won't be averaging 20,000 crowds. They'll probably shrink to about thirteen or 15,000. If that. Get, or just, you know, just from hypothetical figures. You won't be – how many members you guys got? 30,000 or something? Huge figures. That's pretty big. I'm, I'm sure if Canterbury was doing well, they'd have Hawaii high. The Massive, fact that yeah. they're already getting 20 plus thousand and they're sitting at the bottom with a few others at the bottom, not the bottom of the barrel. And playing so shit. They already got, they're averaging over 20,000. They've got about 30,000. Imagine this side is at the top. It would be like Penrith who, Parramatta who, Sydney Roosters who, Souths who. You know, you probably have the most members in the game. Um, okay. Yeah. Like, like, honestly, explain this to me, but right? Can I? Yeah, look, sorry. Just pointing out, um, just on Canterbury, whether they were, they needed a rookie coach. Look, personally, and I still think Cam 
I still reckon he's got it in him to go well. Although this year hasn't eventuated like that. I never expected it to eventuate this year where I placed them on the ladder. They are in a rebuilding phase. Unfortunately, they've been in a rebuilding phase for a while, but they did bring Seven that, years. Yeah, and they brought that upon themselves because they went rookie coach, rookie coach, rookie coach. X, X, X. What they needed was, with the playing roster they got, they needed a hardened, experienced coach. And look, for example, you had Shane Flanagan, who was available, and they passed on him. You had Madge. You know, he still would have been worth a go. Madge is a great coach. I don't think Madge... He's yeah. won a premiership, so he knows what it takes. Um, there was a few other options. Um, they've just X, 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 and gone rookie again, which was, I mean, with the sort of playing roster they got and where they are at, they needed an experienced, hardened coach. Someone like um, Soraldo might have been more suited to a table that was uh, to a side that was more mid-table like Cronulla, what Fitzy, Craig Fitzgibbon yeah. with Cronulla. Agreed. They've got an established roster. That's where Cam would have come out because he would have had an established um, experienced squad that would have rubbed off on his energy. we got young boys or men who are coming into first grade, um, yeah, lack of that elite experience. They need an experience, a hard head, not another rookie like them, basically. Yeah. You know, because um, Cam, like the other, um, you know, they've, off the back of the prem of success, they've obviously had a following. And that's, you know, I just think that's where Canterbury might have erred. And I look, I do think there's a lot of potential with Cam. I just think it's the wrong club, the wrong squad, um, basically. Well, well, I mean, you know, hypothetically speaking, even for to get rid of Cam Strelda, which is what not what I'm saying, right? I'm not saying let's get rid of Cam Strelda. No, no, definitely not. We're just I'm, highlighting why the rebuild's going on for seven years now. Who do you bring rookie in? Rookie coach, rookie coach, rookie coach, where you've had. I mean, I wouldn't even call Craig Tuvey a rookie because he's been in a grand final. Jeff Tuvey. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, Jeff Tuvey. Sorry, it's just all the head knocks. But <laughs> anyway, um, Jeff Tuvey, um, Madge. Look, Madge, don't worry about twos. Madge is Michael Maguire. Um, you got... You had Shane Flanagan. Shane Flanagan, who St. George and have snapped up. So your arch rivals have you snapped up. You even had Des Hasler. Yeah, they don't want to go back to Des. Yeah, but but. They did, he was an option. He he would have done a I lot more with... I don't know why there's still ongoing bad blood. I mean... Yeah, but I just, you know what? That 2012 side, I don't care. They should have won that grand final. Look, Melbourne just played the perfect half. There's bad blood because we still haven't uh, recovered. recovered. And you know what? People still think that it's just Des Hasler's fault. He was a big part to play, but our board back then ruined it for us as well. They got ahead of themselves. Yeah, so. let, let's, let's, be, let's call a spade a spade. That was not just Des Hasler's fault. And right now, right now, I'm going to point the blame at Seraldo and Gus Gould. Oh, of course. I'm sure. Right they, now, that's they're not going to shy away. They obviously have to try to deflect as best as they can to alleviate the pressure. I think Gus is doing it the best he can to alleviate it away from his coach and away from his playing squad because that's what he's there for. Look, regardless of what he's trying to do as fans... Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Like, like just, to, just to highlight how bad our forwards were against the Knights, do you want to know who our top forward meter maker was? Preston? No. Even though he spent time in the bin, no? Guess. Your forward meter maker? Yeah. Uh, Harrison Edwards? Corey Waddell. Wow, sign him up. Free <laughs> extension. Let's go. Look, with all due respect, he made the most meters for us and had the most runs. Yeah, Max King, 87 meters. Uh, Tavita Pengar Jr., 92 meters. How much did Waddell get? 140 meters. That's pretty good in a well-beaten side. The rest, <laughs> are, the rest are 100 and less unacceptable. No, Sorry, not, not one other forward broke love, the 100 meters. I love watching his all. Um, I love watching Tavita go. I mean, we'll rather play, but yeah. I it's unacceptable. some news today, but yeah, go on. And, and yeah, breaking news, apparently Tavita Pangai Jr. has decided to retire from the NRL at the end of this year to take up a boxing career. 
Yeah, I mean, look, first and foremost, I mean, someone's life doesn't obviously revolve around rugby. How old is he now? 27? 27, yeah. Oh, he's in the prime. I mean, obviously, he's probably found an alternative career path. Um, there's a few before him that have blazed that part. But, um, like, I'll give you an example with Anthony Monday. You've got to be a rare talent to cut it in the boxing world. Agreed. But, I'm with you 100%. I've heard a lot of good things about Tevita. Um, and obviously, I've heard a lot of good things about a lot of guys that think they can box. Um, obviously, he's got to get in there and shut everyone's mouth. Um, in the boxing game, it's one hit, you're out, especially in the heavyweights. But by all means, I've actually heard he's, he can actually throw him. Look, um, it's but, a big gamble. But let me ask you this. Yeah. Are the Bulldogs that bad that a player with the potential and talent like Tevita Pangai Jr. wants to leave rugby league altogether after being with us for a couple of years? Look, I, I mean, it, like Jackson did it last year. Don't be hard on yourself. Come on, come on. Come on, as a fan watching that game against the Knights, you just look at that and say, what the shit? You just look at that and say, this cannot be real. Look, I, I, look, I didn't tip Canterbury to win. I think I tipped them to lose 40 to 18. I'm going to be honest here. I didn't expect them to. I mean, those first few tries, I just look, what? They're letting them walk over on the inside. 40, what was it, 42 to 6? That yeah. was worse than I expected. That was much worse. than. I remember I sat here, put my neck on the line last week, saying there's no way we're going to lose. There's no way they're going to put 40 on us. There's no way this. I had faith in the team. Yeah, you wouldn't that, let, I mean, you. You wouldn't let me and Jamie Burrow talk like, oh, that's it. We have to sit quiet. Yeah. Every time we mentioned that Newcastle was going to win. And, hey. you know, they turn around and they just, you know. Look what he's did to him, boys. It's, it's. Um, look, just on Tevita, um, no, it's not because Canary's been, you know, not doing well the last few years. The talk around him boxing has been around for about three years. It's not a last year occurrence or year before. It's been about three years, roughly. But, no, but you can't tell me that he's not fed up with what's happening at the Bulldogs. Look, I'm just telling you, he's, it's been tough for three years. He's, he's, he's averaging 35 minutes a, a game. At the Broncos, he's to play 60, 70 minutes. Look, I'll tell you now, he hasn't made this decision lightly. I mean, obviously, there's many people in the know that know he can bang him. They know he can. It's all about the dollars as well. Look, I know you're, from a Canada point of view, probably shouldn't be mentioning that to you. Right now, but it's a big risk he is taking. But I'll tell you now, he can make his career earnings in one year for pulls, it, pulls yeah, out from. It's a massive risk. Best, best but there is a fallback him. option, obviously. If it doesn't work out for him, he can either fall back and play for the Super League or come back and sign for the West Tigers <laughs> or the Dragons. Oh, look, come on, man. You know, but I mean, even if you look at like our missed tackles, it's just ridiculous that only two 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 players in the whole team didn't miss a tackle. Right, Luke Thompson eight missed tackles. Um, yeah, he was off the pace. Reed Money six missed tackles. You know, Kikau three missed tackles. T- uh, uh, Burden four missed tackles. Adokar four missed tackles. Burns five missed tackles. I mean, uh, what are they doing? Well, you know what? Now that Tavet is gone, jeez. Anyway, Payne has is resigned for the Broncos. Yeah, uh, he just opens up. He's got a nice chunk on the salary cap, but who's it to spend it on? But that's the problem. Who wants to come to a team that can't, Either that has no pride, that shows no passion for them, for you, each other? You got a few options. Um, a, th- a few here in Australia. I think maybe I'll keep mentioning Jordan McLean. Uh, he's a good, experienced head. He's still in the peak of his powers. And then you know what? There's some good British props up there. Uh, look, I agree. I'll tell you now, like St Helens, who knocked off Penrith, and St Helens won four in a row grand finals there, and they knocked off Penrith in the World Club Challenge, and they were undefeated here in Australia at the start of the year, if you recall. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I'm sure Canterbury can entice easily a few forwards. I mean, they've had a few British forwards over the years from St Helens. Luke Thompson, when he's fit, is an absolute banger. You had um, Bulldog James Graham. He came from St Helens, and there's another. There's a few other clubs that they've got some. Look, big burly forwards. Wiggins, another one. 
I just I, look. I just don't know what the path forward is. Like at this point, as a Bulldogs fan, it's like, well, what happens from here? You know, like I, I'm trying to think of some positives from the Knights game, and really the only positive I can think of is that, um, you know, we can't bullshit our way into believing we're better than oh, we no, actually no, are no, anymore. No, 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 it's laid out. I think mean, I think I've been trying to tell you that for the last six months. No, you haven't. Or last six years. Sorry, I re- you know, re- the game's shown exactly how bad we are, and. Even though we're above the Tigers on the ladder, it, it's actually showing quite clearly that they've got more grit and determination than we do. The team's just not playing for each other. And people forget the Tigers were zero and eight at the start of the year. So yeah, look, yeah, and, and you know and they've lost quite a bit of fair close games, and they've been dudded a few times. Yeah, you know, and, I mean Canterbury has as well, but I mean, yeah, let's just, not mention that the stupid officiating on the weekend. That was a that was really there was some really poor calls there. Some really poor. It's not an excuse, and we didn't lose because of the poor calls. But it's just again and again and again, the teams that are just don't have a chance to make they always get dudded. They always seem to get dudded. Your team, the Dragons, get dudded. Oh, I'll be fair. Look, they didn't deserve to win. And South, I know South were way below par, but still, obviously South was still the better side. It was a close game. Somehow the scoreline said it was a close game, but there was that one incident. I think um, Cody Walker's about. I think he kicks it here, and Cody's standing there, and the bunker goes towards the try, and then the replay comes up later, and he's what blatantly offside. I'm thinking, yeah. yep, it looks like uh, the NRL drove past icebergs, grabbed about twenty people randomly from there, drew a lottery, chose three winners, got them to draw straws, and go, yep, you're going in the bunker. <laughs> now look, um, I'll just point out something. I don't know why they persevere with... I don't care. I'm going to mention her name, Casey Badger. Yeah, I'm with you. She refed the women's game on the weekend. I was watching St. George vs. Canberra, for example. So this is how she does not understand rugby league. I don't care if you take this clip, but on the replay, the Canberra player kicks twice at the ball for the St. George player. She's playing the ball. So explain to me how the ball comes out of her hand and flies forward. If Casey Badger understands the game and being attention to the game, she will know... The ball hasn't gone flying forward on on its own accord. Someone's yet. It's a knock on. St. George were in a position there to win the game. It was 18 all. If she rightfully blows a penalty, I'm sure Canberra can challenge if they want, right? Mm. But yeah, St. George didn't challenge. But beside that, how do you go and then call a knock on the ball's flying like that? How else does the ball get propelled forward? Well, did this St. George play all of a sudden toss it or kick it? Yeah. Just to show you how she does not understand the game. And she's been involved in a few clangers in the video ref in the last month. Some absolute clangers. Just shows you how NRL's just out doesn't of know how to make the tough call. I wouldn't even call it a tough call. It's an easy call. She shouldn't be in there. Maybe send her back to the reserves or even local footy to learn the game more. And it just doesn't go for her. There's a lot of refs out there. And it, what's the problem here? Are we short on uh, officiate, officials? Are we short on refereeing talent? Because I'll go on weekend footy and I'll see a lot of guys there 18 19 in their 20s and their refereeing is fantastic so how can these guys is it all nepotism with the nro it's who you know is it because her husband used to be a first guy referee that she's there i'm just giving examples it seems like it's nepotism look there's, there's no real uh, look there's no excuses again the, the like we started the year with great footy and then the refereeing has just become worse and worse week on week and it's not getting any better and i reckon finals are going to be decided by poor calls and there are teams that are going to be dotted out of grand final and semi-final positions because we just can't seem to get the officiating the wording the calls we just can't seem to get them right and we're a multi-billion dollar game Surely we can fix the officiating. A lot of the officials don't know, right? That they don't understand the game. Like to sit there and 
call a knock on the balls, fly it out that way towards the... I mean, Leo like Thompson... Co- common sense dictates, hey, somebody's... And if you watch the replay, the camera plays blatantly kicked at it twice. She cost them a victory. They would have had two in front of the gate and sticks with a few minutes to go. I mean, Pretty much won it. Even against the Knights and Doggies, um, you know, Jacob Preston wasn't awarded a try where, you know, there could have been an argument for it. And, and Nari Tawala was given the try. They didn't even look at Preston. In the, second, in the second half, same situation as Jacob Preston, but for a nice player, Leo Thompson, the try is awarded. They spent about 10 years looking at it, it as well. It does. It just, it, it's, you know, you know, I don't know. It, you know, one... one it's not. They're you know, gonna really clean out a lot of those officials oh, it's, next. It's, it, you're just, you just like with your team performing badly. No, any small indecision can hurt your team. There is that many refs in junior footy. I'm sure the NRL, if they run a grassroots, grassroots program and gave a lot of these guys a chance of refereeing twenties, that they would then graduate to. But it's not. It's like, it's like they've closed the window. It's like it's all nepotism. Yeah, it's like, it's, for example, you go to the Canterbury District. Then I will go, oh, I'll choose one of your favourites, send him up to us. You know, it's all nepotism. I'm telling you, I went and watched some junior finals on the weekend. Am I allowed to commentate on this? Of course you are. So the game I went and watched was the undefeated Bankstown Sports 10s Division 1 versus the second place Bankstown Bulls. And in a stirring victory, the Bankstown Bulls knocked over the Bankstown Sports. <laughs> what a game it was. I'll tell you what, high quality. For 10-year-olds, mm. absolutely stunned. They were doing... I saw a run around in that game. I saw cutout passes. I saw phase plays. I when was the last time the doggies did a run around in first grade? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> look, I'll just tell you now. And you know what? These kids were putting up bombs. Like, there's a kid on the wing for Bangsound Bulls. I've nicknamed him Nightingale. He's miniature. It hits like, it's like a bag of cement hitting someone. There was a kid twice his size ran and just clobbered him. You know, and yeah, little Zach, um, you know, and uh, they got a nice, there's a golden bear that plays on that side. Yeah. Um, in, in the Bulls. And they got a, you know, little Esau, and then they got a nice, look, the Bulls halfback plays like he's a 20 year old, basically. Wow. He's throwing cutouts, he's calling plays for 10 year olds. He's got this play called Watermelon. Anyway, I'm sure Bank Sound Sports will bounce back this week and uh, knock over more bank 60 to nil. So that's how angry they are. Oh, just. Look, I want to change up the tempo a little bit. Sorry, I, want to... I had to change up the tempo. Nah. I watched other games as well. And I'll tell you what, like, wow. I love finals footy. It's I, junior comp. I love it. I want to talk about a good memory against the Knights, a Bulldogs against the Knights. And you probably recall this um, game. Tasm. In 2002, um, when the Bulldogs were playing for 16 in a row. And with one minute to go, the Bulldogs were losing uh, 21-16. And then Luke Patton scores a try in the right wing. And... You know this um, this moment, moment. This moment it, Can I? Yeah. it typifies for me as a young young kid. You know, I was, I was 13, um, 14 growing up, loving the Bulldogs. It typifies for me what the Bulldogs stood for. Right? There was uh, talent, aggression, tenacity, uh, grit, determination, never giving up. You know, absolutely wanting to to give your all even in the last minute. And that try by Luke Patton, it it just it. There was so much pressure to get that, that that try and Luke Patton scores in the wing. But then enter Hazem or Masri, right? 21-20, 80th minute conversion from the sideline, right? All the pressure in the world, you know, 16 in a row at that point was unprecedented. No team had ever gone that long with a winning streak. Sure, it was sal- a salary cap scandal. What was their winning streak that year, 17? It was 17. Oh, they fell just short. Yeah, yeah. So it was 17, uh, and then the scandal obviously happened, and we got Dr. Points. Melbourne, was it? Or Canberra? 
It's one of those sides. It was, uh, I'm, honestly, I don't. Those sides. It always, <laughs> always seemed to win when no one. I don't, I don't recall, but we we um that that game. Um, it was after the siren too. It was after the siren, and then Hazel Masri comes in. I watched that. Poise, yeah. determination, absolute calm. In a, in, a, in a sea of 25,000 raving, one, screaming Newcastle one, Knights fans. One millimetre in from the sideline. So not one metre, one millimetre Honestly, in. right on the white, like on the on the line. He was kicking it from there. And, you know, you can hear um, uh, Ray Warren commentating, you know, talking about the pressure. And it was I just such a that. moment. It has got there. It's, it's just one of those moments that's, that, that I think current Bulldogs players would do well to watch again and again and can again. I, can I point out? Is that the most clutch goal kick of all time? It has to be. The most clutch goal kick. Not drop out attempt as what Latrell or Ivan I mean Nathan Cleary have done. But to win a game, is that the most clutch kick of all time? It has to be. I don't think I've seen to win it, I don't think I've seen a more clutch kick than that. Yeah, it's one of the most clutch kicks. It's after the siren. Yeah. It's to continue the streak, hostile. Crowd against the premiers, remember? Newcastle they were the, the premiers. premiers. That's right. They were the premiers. You know, I just I get you know. Ting was just thinking about it's the most clutch <clears> king <throat> for for me anyway. And just speaking on good Canterbury memories, look, more one that stands out for me and you know, imprinted in my mind is that champion Bulldogs forward pack. But it's that 2006 game I talked about earlier. Do yourselves a favor, watch Canterbury that day. Uh-huh. I mean, they brutalized an opposition that had Test forwards in there, and state of origin representatives in there. Absolutely brutalized them, and that was the mark of the Bulldogs. We were our forward pack would brutalize other teams, and then our backs would just, you know, would just run run ragged over the teams because they were brutalized. We were attacking, we, you know, our defense was just Im- impenetrable. There was just so many. I just want to run off the names, like oh, look, you can chuck Steve. I want to include Steve Price in there because you know I think he he um, spanned two years basically for Canterbury. That's right, yeah. Um, Steve Price. Sonny Bill, Willie Mason, Marco Mealy, Roy Asatasi, Rennie Matua. Like, you know, you obviously then throw in Nate Miles, Andrew Ryan. Marco Mealy. I already said O'Mealy. Oh, did you? Andrew Ryan. And then, you know, you got Tony Grimaldi as well. Did he play? He played in that grand yes, final, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And it's funny. People forget Grimaldi was in that side and you forget that there's Adam Perry and, oh, and, and Corey Hughes. Like... You know, and it's Adam Perry and Corey Hughes could have played halfback. I think they did early in their career. So, yeah, they did. Corey Hughes did fill in for halfback when Sherwin was injured. But then, even even in the two thousand, like in the early twenty tens, you look at the 2012, 2014 teams. Don't discount like the Fords. We had David Clemmer, James Graham, Frank Pritchard, Sam Cassiano, uh, Josh good Jackson, Dale Finucan, Nate Miles. Another uh, good bunch. You know, there was we had such a great production line of forwards, and that's what the Bulldogs have always been built on. Great forwards. Isn't Willie O involved in your club at the moment? Who's Willie O? Willie Mason. Yeah, Willie is involved. So, so is Marco Mealy, right, so is Brent Sherwin. What's their role? Because you might as well just throw 41-year-old or 42 or 43-year-old Willie out there because I saw him a few months ago. He'll do a lot better than he's in, still in great crop. shape. Yeah, he'll Probably do a lot better than fast, the current crop. But I'm sure you do your 150 metres a game. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, I'm not kidding. Yeah, I'm, neither am I. I, I, I. You could Honestly, you could throw... Any number of doesn't players. he get into the ease of the players at training and all that? I mean, that's he's supposed to be there as a you know as a forwards coach, I think, or a defensive coach or whatever. I whatever. Think the problems there in the forwards coach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look, I I don't know what the, what the, the 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 answer is, and and you know again, it, 
they should go back and watch some of those absolute brilliant moments from Bulldogs history. Even go back to the eighties of you know the entertainers and the nineties with Terry Lamb and you know like there's so much history and so much. Um, they, they need that mongrel back first and foremost. Uh, you don't get it by by being sterile by sanitizing from your history. You need to have a lot of that history brought in and and built into the players. And I just don't think some of these players really maybe maybe Soraldo hasn't done a good enough job in built. In, in, I don't know. Honestly, as a, as a fan, it's just like it's really disappointing because what we want to see is that mongrel. We want to see the forwards getting in there and just giving their absolute all, game after game after game. You know, apparently they've got really intense training. Maybe they're too tired when too it comes intense, to the games. Too, Maybe it's too intense. Yeah. Who knows? You know, Raymond Fatala Marinus was complaining about it. Maybe he has a point. Maybe he is correct. Maybe the the processes do need to be uh, looked at. And you know, uh, you know, you look at the team name today. Uh, you know we're going to take on the Raiders next Sunday, and I think I don't really care about the na- the team because, regardless, oh, he's got the Raiders. Yeah, we've got the Raiders, and regardless of who we name, there's no pride That's in the in jersey. Canberra, eh? Yeah, it is in Canberra. Oh, gee whiz. We're getting another quick score put Canberra on us. Canberra need a win to, to make sure they, they make. They got smashed by the Melbourne. Do you they, think they're, they're gonna, starting to slide down the ladder? They're going to come back. They're going to. They're going to try. They're going to need this win. Well, they're minus 120 on the on in for, for and against. They're going to use the Bulldogs to fix that for and against. No, no. Look, the for and against will not catch up to the rest. Their main concern now is competition points to make the eight. They they need that two points. Um, as like Newcastle game last week, they got everything to play for. Canberra does. And obviously, you guys, I don't know how he's motivated or get up for it, basically. Um, well, if they didn't show pride against the Knights, there's real no, there's no motivation to show pride against the Raiders because we've seen that they don't care. Like, honestly, from a, from a fan perspective, that's what it looks like. It's, they just don't care. And oh. if they couldn't get up for the for the Knights game after a bye, yeah. they had 15 days to prepare, I don't see how they're going to get up for the Raiders game. Really, I don't. I just think they're going to go through the motions, get 60 put on them and go home. I'll tell you what. Um, I know what's going to happen now. Phil Good's going to see this podcast. He's going to make 23 tapes. He's going to give it to every single one of the players, plus the coaching staff, and make sure they watch it on the ride there and also in their hotel room. Well done, Elmo. Uh, look, uh, you know, as a, as a fan, as someone who obviously, you know, I, I, I care enough about the team and about the game that, you know, we hear every week talking about it, you know, c- you know, connecting with fans. And I love doing this and I love talking about my team. But when your team offers no resistance, offers no pride and respect in their jersey right it's it's like well you know what see you later if you, if that's the type of attitude that you're going to show against a team that absolutely destroyed you not six weeks ago then you shouldn't have this jersey on because you're not you're not worthy of this jersey i'm sorry but the team is bigger than the players cameron Seraldo, gus gould the team is more important and if these guys are coming in there for, for for a payday and not there to play for the team and play and 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 put pride in the jersey goodbye that that's honestly my opinion because Honestly, like, not much has changed um, for for the for the Raiders game except you know instead of TPJ starting, they've got Liam Knight starting, right? And Jacob Preston's out. They've got Corey Waddell starting in the second row. Our bench is Kyle Flanagan again. I have no idea why he keeps choosing him there. We've got Luke Thompson, Raymond Fatala Mariner, who's back, uh, yep. and Tavita Pekingo Jr. That's our bench. I don't see honestly three out of the four. I think are just not going to be able to provide for us. I don't think Flanagan, Thompson, or Mariner can do much for us coming off the bench. Thompson is a great player, but he's just too fresh from from a long term injury. Raymond Fatala, Mariner clearly doesn't want to be there, and Flanagan's been getting nine nine minutes a game, and Tavita's only been playing twenty, you know, thirty on average. So what is he hoping to achieve from this bench? Like, yeah. I, I, it, it's it's you know he's got Ryan Sutton starting at lock, which okay, he's not a bad. 
move, you know. But he could have kept Harrison Edwards there, for example. Put put Sutton on the bench, get rid of Flanagan. It, you know, there's just basic, basic things that, as fans, we think, what the heck is going on? You know, Franklin Pele still can't get a run. That's it. He's I, gone. I think he's going to England, isn't he? He is. He's gone. But, but what happened there? You know, what happened there? Uh, Sam Hughes, you know. Um, um, I think Canada is starting to become the new graveyard for footy careers. It is the graveyard. It's not the new <laughs> graveyard. It is the graveyard for careers. <laughs> God. You know, I, I, you know, the only thing I'm really looking forward to is I just want to see how. I think how, Phil's going to get this printed on Platinum Edition. No, nah, well, I'm sorry, but you look at you look at our, um, you look at our history over the last four to five years. Okay, you can be bad, but not this bad. Like we are just, you know, there's, 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 you know, Average, bad, very bad. And then you have the Bulldogs right down the bottom. That's where we are at the moment. It's a long year. It's been a very long Two year. Two more weeks to go. After and this. even with the signings that we've got for 2024. There's no wow factor yet. No, but I what, mean, you got Crichton. All right. What about your forwards? You want forwards. You know, I said wow a few factor. weeks ago, maybe there's light at the end of the tunnel. Now I'm looking, there's no light on the horizon at all. There's no, there's no Fafita, no Farmasoyali, no Fodawaika, no Haas, who signed Brisbane you know, for $10.7 million. Are we re-signing Thompson? Are we re-signing Waddell? Are we re-signing Flanagan? I don't understand. Like, what is going to happen? He's going to have the same squad almost. Which, you know, which doesn't bode well for the Bulldogs at all. Right, yeah. Right? Okay, with the addition of Blake Taff, Jamin Salmon, and uh, where's your forwards? And Stephen Crichton, but exactly, we're gonna have the same problems we have this, uh, uh, this year. Is no go roles, forward, yeah. no aggression, no tenacity, Jeez. no resilience. Right? Maybe Kikau might improve with a, with an off season and maybe no injuries, but he's only one player. Sure, he can add something it, to the team, but any any big boppers from any big bopper Polynesians that you guys can snare from New Zealand, <sighs> they would just slot straight into first grade and be battering rounds from the get go. I don't know. Anyways. Uh, Ryan Sutton's also like, are we resigning yeah, him? Is he going? No, he's gone. You know, um, Raymond Fatalamaran, like it's just, what does our fourth pack look like? He's getting a five-year extension. But anyway, apparently you had some breaking news or something earlier or some insight or no? About? I don't know. I think you said you said you had some exclusive scoop, no? No exclusive scoops, oh, right. unfortunately. Damn, you couldn't you couldn't supersede Buzz on this, <laughs> even with a made up rumor, uh, as Buzz normally does. Yeah, apparently the dogs are signing both Haas and Tino for one point two million dollars a year, starting uh, next week against the Raiders. <laughs> apparently, according to Buzz, Marky's words. Um, yeah, well, I already forgot his name. What's that player that was at St George now is going to West Tigers? He's our half, and I forgot his oh, name. Oh, Jaden Sullivan. Jayden, sorry, Jaden. Yeah, apparently Sully's Mark Buzz's words is feeding the scrums. For Canterbury next year. Oh my god. Um. Yeah, that's about it. Oh, so how's everyone taking the pain? Us a ten point seven million dollar contract. Oh, look, I think it's a good season. Th- I, honestly, I think it's a good thing. I, I've always said that he came up at the Broncos. He made his name at the Broncos. He's performed for the Broncos, has, and I'd like to see him stay there. Has it been revealed what his clauses are or anything in regards to that signature? I got a feeling he hasn't signed on as much as um, what everyone expects him to. And I got a feeling seeing that Pavita, I think Tavita and Pangai and, and him got the same manager and Tavita's gonna fight. I got a feeling they've included in the clause to Brisbane that Payne fights once or twice in the off season just to supplement his income. And I'll guarantee that will be that'll be a rubber stamp by the NRL because in previous years they've actually affiliated themselves with boxing and boxing events. Yeah. And that basically stems back to having a proud history in recent times of footy players becoming boxers. Um, just to name a few, obviously Anthony Mundine sits at the top of the, the, the mountain there in regards to former footy players that have gone on. 
Um, if you go back further throughout the time, there was Billy Johnston, former Canterbury player, who could have, I think he qualified for the Olympics or could have if he chose to. It was a very, I think he might have, I think he's had an undefeated career, 12 or 13 fights. Um, I know Jeff Fennick played lower grades for Parramatta before he went on to be mm. a, a bantamweight boxer. Um, and then if you go, look, you had John Hopawati who won the Australian heavyweight title. We've had Solomon Hamono as well. You've had Garth Wood who won one fight over Anthony. Um, I'm telling you what, there's been no shortage of, and there's many more, uh, you know, from over the years that went on to have somewhat of a decent boxing career. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Payne, if he's got one or two fights in the off season. Um, yeah, look, I wouldn't be surprised, but I think good on him for resigning with the Broncos. I, I, to be honest, even Tino and Fafita resigning with the Titans. I had a private cry uh, when no one was looking when they all resigned for their clubs. I was hoping we'd stand one of them down at St George because if you look at it, St George is pretty much in the same boat as Canterbury. All right, they've signed Jaime Sele in the front row, but who else have they signed? Mm-hmm. I mean, look. Oh, every time I look at Blake Laurie now, I look and look more at him and start thinking, you know, based on around the squad we got around him. Um, he's more like a test front row all of a sudden. He's doing really well, honestly. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm, I'm just saying, for the forwards we got out of disposal, yeah, looks like a fr- we're yeah. very thin. Like We've only signed Hamey Sele. They've spoken, spoken to Luke Thompson. but they had, Well, the Tigers are also now speaking to Luke Thompson as well. There you go. And then there was four forwards who were available to sign, or origin or better, and not one of them was signed to another club. Like, who does St. George go for next? Who else is available? Anyone? I don't. Know. I hope at this right. I really do hope St George signed Jordan McLean from North Queensland. But I mean, you can't tell me you're not happy that that they've stayed with their clubs. I am. For one, I'm happy that. Oh, of course, I'm happy they got great deals in this. I'm just saying, from you know, certain clubs looking, yeah, they got all that cap I, space. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm they got all that cap space, and Gold Coast went and spent a mint, like literally huge dollars on forwards. And you look at their halves. What's so crash high about their halves? Then Tanner Boyd and Foreign. I don't know, but I mean they've got oh, this sorry, Hazard next year. Uh, yeah, I know, but he's going to need a half to. He's got the forward power, but what's Tanner Boyd going to do? Yeah, I mean, you know, he's do better than what. The I, I mean, Kieran Foreign's at me. the end of his career. What's a 34, 35 year old Kieran that's had a lot of fair share of injuries? Uh, I wouldn't worry about Desi, Desi Hasler. Desi Hasler's always got a good, always got. I a just plan. saw someone that's they got a tight salary cap. How do they manage to retain where other clubs got money to throw? Couldn't entice. I mean, anyway. le, le, like next week we got the, we got the Raiders, right? Can you imagine what someone like Matt, Matt Timiko is going to do to the Bulldogs? He's going to tear us apart. He's going to score five. Who's he up against? Uh, he's up against uh, Braden Burns. I think Burns will do well. I think he's going to tear us. Up. He's gonna, he's going to he's going to score five. He was ordinary against Melbourne. Everyone was ordinary against Melbourne. He tried his he tried his hardest. Oh, actually, hang on a sec. St George got Melbourne this week. Yes, <laughs> uh, Z. Mate, don't think your side's going to win this week. Anyway. And then, you know, their fourth pack, Papali'i, Tapane, Young, Whitehead, Horsburgh. Mate, they, they're going to run. They're going to double the metres that the Bulldogs make. We have absolutely no chance. Who's Penrith got this week? Uh, I'm talking about the Dogs and the Raiders. I'm just curious let to me, know let me, let how, me. how this invincible Penrith side is looking a few weeks out. Like uh, It's like they're all like in cotton wool. They're going to absolutely they're unleash playing the Titans. Titans. Titans missing their forwards. You, like, They're missing everybody, the Titans. So, look, apparently I saw them caught on wall. <laughs> By the time they get to the finals, oh, God. I mean, they, 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 they're they debuting a new number seven in Tom Weaver because Tanner Boyd's injured. Um, they've got the young Keno Kinney at fullback because Jaden uh, Campbell's so, playing at six. What a player. Because uh, AJ Brimson's injured. What a player, that Campbell's. Absolutely. Um, you know, 
but Tino's playing at lock. They've got um, Fafida, Jamin Jolliffe, Moe, Moaki, Fodawaker's playing. Oh, Fodawaker's back. Yeah, Fodawaker's back. Ooh, couldn't sign him. Um, you know, so we've got, I mean, you know. Anyways, for the rest of the year and for the finals, um, Elmo said he's going to be focusing on Canterbury reserve grade. Nah, I'd. Or at least get behind them. Uh, mate, they've lost four in a row now. No, yeah. they, they, they'll make the finals. Though. They're, they're, in the, they're in the top four. They'll get their players back from first grade. Well, I mean, even if they did, look at it, the players that are playing there now. They're losing. They're yeah, just, but once the first graders come back, no, no, they've come. They've, a lot of them are playing. They've got Rajab. They've got uh, Morin. They've got all the players that played. Alamotti, Hayes, Perham, All these players Jeez, that are playing. What's yeah, going on? They're all running. Off. The whole t- the whole team's just shit itself. I'm telling you, the whole team's just gone. So the whole club. The whole club, I think they just came to a season where people got a tap on the shoulder and told, look, you're you're gone next year, you're not here. And everyone's just said, all right, well, you know what? Sack, if I'm not going to be here next year, I'm just going to I'm gonna cruise through to the end of the year. Oh, God, I think Finch and Carl are going to have a meltdown now. And, Already and, you know, after the 20th they've had this year. You know, I refuse to give a tip on this game. Honestly, I refuse. I put my neck out on the line last week saying the dogs are going to do better. They're going to, you know, show some pride. They're going to show some. And they showed nothing. They were embarrassing for every Bulldogs fan. Because you know what? Every Bulldogs fan now hates the Knights. Because all we wanted was some pride. Win by one point. Win by golden point. Bro, lose. That's okay. But show pride. There was nothing shown. And I'm, I think the same thing can happen against the Raiders. So I refuse to give a tip. I well, just hope camera, that we don't get embarrassed. by 32. I just hope we don't get embarrassed. That's, my tip is... I just hope we don't get embarrassed. That's all I want. <laughs> that's it. But I don't. I don't have much hope, to be honest. I think we will be embarrassed. But that's not a tip. That's just uh, what my my gut feeling is. Oh God. Um. Yep. Look, if you've made it through this uh, very long podcast, which turned into a massive rant, um, thank you for for sticking through. Um, you know, if you haven't subscribed, please be sure to subscribe. Um, like this video, share it with your friends, share it with your mates, um, share it with anyone that likes watching rugby league and who's fed up with his team losing. Um, you know, once again, I'd like to thank you, Debo, for for joining and for oh, your for pleasure. Your... Pleasure being involved in you know just watching you you know have mental anguish, you know, <laughs> blowing your top fans like you know just make my day. Um, nobody even remembers my side thanks to you guys. Thank God. And look, to be honest, I I I know this may sound a bit of a stretch, but. I, honestly, I feel like I am speaking on behalf of a lot of fans. If you see all the engagement we have on social media, all the engagement that we have across our channels and and on the kennel.net.au, I'm honestly echoing the sentiment that almost every single Bulldogs fan is 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 um is relaying to us. And, and you know, people are, are even a lot harsher than I am, saying that Gus and Soraldo um, uh, aren't the men for the job. They can't get it done, and we shouldn't be trusting our team in their hands. I'm not going to go that far, but I'm going to say that you know next year. Right, they they don't have a whole season to prove themselves. The they fans prove themselves on round one. The fans will not put up with it. The Bulldogs fans will. will you just see fans abandoning the team. That's the truth. Fans are really starting to abandon the team after that. And after that display against tonight, I don't blame fans for abandoning the team. I cannot and will not get over that. And it and I say again, it does not bode well for what's going to happen to us in Canberra, right? But you know, the the team. The coach, um, the training staff, everyone, they have to start showing something and pulling their fingers out because the, the fans over the long, you know, fans have very long memories. Fans have very, very long memories and, it'll, and you know, they will start abandoning the Bulldogs in droves. And that's not a good sight, as you said. But if we start winning, they're very quick to come back on, on, oh, on the course. wagon. So you know, All it takes is one win and they're back on the bandwagon. So, you know, we've got win. a team with potential. Win. win. Just win. respect. Just, Just like pride. Just 
Pride, pride and respect. That's all we want. Pride and respect. We're not asking the team to go out there and, and you know be top four. Just just don't embarrass us as fans. That's all we're asking. I think you guys need Coach Riley from the Mighty Ducks of the Hawks. Win. 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 <laughs> and, and with that, I uh, want to thank you guys once again for making it towards the end of the podcast. Um, look, he's hoping the Bulldogs do show some pride and some respect in the jersey um, against the Raiders. I won't be holding my breath. Um, but we'll be here again next week to dissect the game, to understand what went wrong, and to hopefully look forward towards a, a, a more positive 2024. And shed more tears. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck to whoever you support. Have a great week. Adios.